you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Rian Fiends, here with Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, we're not probably not going to talk about Matt Beatty's drop in the outfield, but... I can't say anything right now because I just flubbed the intro like five times. <laughs> yeah, uh, may, maybe that's Matt Beatty's fault. I don't know. Uh, no, we, we love Matt Beatty on this show. So, uh, yeah, you're just showing that everybody's human and makes mistakes sometimes. Yeah, mistakes happen. Dodgers lost last night. We're going to get into just some of the decisions from the game, some of the things that happened in the game, and then finish off the episode talking about uh, leading the league in one-run losses and see if there's something to be concerned about there. Uh, but before you do all that, a quick reminder to subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcast. When you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. All right, Jeff, so the Dodgers almost came back in the ninth inning after Blake Trinan gave up a run in the top of the ninth. Mookie Betts hit one that looked like it had a chance. Uh, Tyler O'Neill made a nice play out there in left field. The ball actually hit the bottom of his glove. It could have went out of the glove or it could have went exactly what happened into the glove so uh either way there was a overall it was just a you know Dave, joe davis mentioned it was an exciting game which it was but it was also kind of an annoying game it was an annoying game uh at least in part because it's another one of those almost four hour losses uh but also the dodgers had it, that game very easily could have been a six to three dodger victory you know, Gavin Lux had that little blooper that that uh, Dylan Carlson made a diving catch on that would have scored two runs earlier in the game. Obviously, O'Neill's play robbed Mookie of two RBIs and a walk-off. Uh, you know, there was a ground rule double by Will Smith that if it if the wall in left field is a little bit taller, Mookie probably scores on that. Just, you know, a lot of things had to go right for the Cardinals tonight, including the fact that their closer... Uh, walks everyone and still somehow has a sparkling ERA and a perfect save record. Uh, you know, it's not sustainable. I wish that it had proven to be unsustainable uh, against the Dodgers in game two of the series. But when I did the, the series preview with with Lucas Smith from Locked On Cardinals and I predicted the Dodgers win two out of three games after we were done recording, I told him, I said, I, could, I just couldn't bring myself to say the words, I think the Dodgers are going to lose to John Gant. But when I said Dodgers are going to win two out of three, this is the game, not because of John Gant. I still don't understand how he doesn't allow runs, uh, but just because a bullpen game, I feel like we've been pressing our luck a little bit with all these bullpen games, and it was bound to go badly uh, one of these times. Yeah, and the bullpen game, this could maybe be the last bullpen game with the day off. We'll see how they play it out. And I, I had... 
on one of the split episodes, I think I talked about bullpen games in general, how I'm not a fan. I didn't think the Dodgers should have went that route. But to say they're ineffective in that specific day of the game, or they'd have allowed three runs or less in all the bullpen games, but it's just how things happen the day before, the day after, or maybe even a couple days after. We saw Trevor Bauer. Not that it's attributed to it, but he has struggled his last two times after going 126 pitches because of a potential bullpen game or because of a bullpen game early on. The Dodgers in the eighth inning uh, went opted to bring back Blake Trinan for a second inning. He hadn't pitched since Friday, so he did have the rest, but he almost never throws uh, into a second inning. And I think that was because they it was a bullpen game and they didn't have much arms left to use. And Dave Roberts was trying to press his luck a little bit in that sense. I think there might have been some of that for sure. I also think the fact that Trinan only threw nine pitches in the, in the eighth inning contributed to that. And it's one of those things where obviously because he gave up two hits and the run, it it looks bad. I I feel like we've seen similar scenarios where uh, Roberts pulls a guy after a really quick inning, and then it comes back to bite them the other way. And people say, "Oh, they should have had Trinan go a second inning." You know, now we ran out of pitchers and extra innings or whatever it is. You know, and so I think it's one of those no win situations. But like you said, I think mostly what it boiled down to was Trinan was very rested. And he did have a quick inning, and so uh, I think you're right that it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't a bullpen game, Uh, but I also think it's just one of those perfectly defensible decisions that just didn't work out. Yeah, that's very possible. I mean, they had Edwin Uceta, who could give him some length. Uh, He pitched a few days ago. So either way, uh, just didn't work out for them. Blake Trinan, it's not like they hit the ball hard. It's kind of the, the... The issue with Blake Trinan is that when he does give up contact, usually soft contact, so it makes it a little more annoying. And then they also had to use Kenley Jansen in the game that they were down by. That ended up working out. Jansen got two outs and finished the inning, gave the Dodgers a chance and keeping it in a one-run game. See, but now it goes back kind of to where it was the other day when I didn't think Roberts trusted some of the relievers. It goes back to where they just used Trinan and Kenley in a game where they ended up losing. And Trinan was the right move because it was a tie game at that point. Bringing in Jansen, he didn't throw that much, so he could potentially throw in tonight's game. But he also has been less effective when throwing on back-to-back days. So it's just one of those things where it just didn't work out for the Dodgers. If they had pulled off the win, we wouldn't really be talking about it probably this much. But the fact that they lost just amplifies it. Yeah, and it's interesting, though, with the Kenley situation. If you take out the fact that Kenley's the closer, uh, Kenley makes perfect sense there. It's a one-run game. You have a runner in scoring position and one out. And yeah, go to your pitcher who hardly ever allows hits. You know, that's Kenley's, his big issue this year has been walks. He hurt, he's only allowed like six hits this year. Uh, and so he's the perfect pitcher in that situation to keep it a one run game. It, it's only interesting because Kenley's the closer. And for me, because I, I'm more of a fan of the idea of not having lockdown bullpen rolls anyway, I kind of liked bringing in Kenley there uh, because it, it made the most sense for the game right there. As for not trusting some of the relievers, I, I agree with you, uh, but I also think that's because some of the relievers are minor leaguers who are, have, to, have to be on the major league roster, and I can only imagine how quickly uh, Roberts would have been burned in effigy if he brought in Edwin Uceta in a tie game. It comes down to it. The offense didn't really score. So uh, it was just, a, like I said, just a matter of one of those annoying games. Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk of, 
about a couple more things from the game, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free long cut and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. It's available in nine flavors, and Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. Fully Loaded Chew is the product you've been waiting for, all the things you enjoy about traditional smokeless products without the tobacco. It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded. And Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Dodger listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try a can for just $1. That's right, just $1. Go to www.fullyloadedchew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Just $1 and free shipping if you use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew. FullyLoadedChew.com. All right, Jeff, we are back, and while the offense didn't do too much, one guy that did do one is Matt Beatty, who we mentioned earlier. Dropped the ball in the outfield, didn't end up hurting the Dodgers, came back in the bottom half of the inning and tied the game with a two-run home run. Nice little bat flip and and stop and stare at it. Uh, But then Matt Beatty came out of the game after that and didn't get to hit the rest of the game. Uh, We've seen Matt Beatty have good games or have a big moment and then either come out of the game or not play the next day before. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what your thoughts are about, but I know you had some thoughts on that decision. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I saw a couple people complaining that Beatty was taken out of the game basically immediately after uh, hitting the home run. And what you mentioned is it was also basically immediately after making an error in the outfield and – once he hit the home run, it's a tie game and outfield defense becomes more important. And so they had used Bellinger as a pinch hitter. And uh, so between needing to do a double switch for the, uh, for the pitcher spot and wanting to improve your, not needing to do a double switch, but wanting to do a double switch and then wanting to improve your outfield defense, you know, for me in a tie game late in the game, if you have the opportunity to go with Mookie, Belly, and, and Taylor in the outfield, it's a no-brainer regardless of who you're taking out of the game. Uh, and I guess maybe they could have moved Beatty to to first base and left Muncie. But, you know, Muncie's a – I think defensively this was the best the best option that they had, the best defensive alignment. And, you know, in the end, uh, when Beatty's spot in the lineup came back up, it, he, it was Yoshi Satsugo who took a walk and very nearly scored the tying run. And so, you know, I am as big a Matt Beatty fan as anybody. You know that. I love Matt Beatty. Um, I feel like people get this blind spot about Beatty where they think he's automatic. They think he's going to get a hit every time up. And it, it's like I've talked about in the past, when you're second-guessing managers, it, the the biggest problem with that is it's impossible to prove what would have happened otherwise. You know, and so you cannot, it, it, it's so easy to second guess because you say, oh, look, the guy who you took out, uh, the guy who you replaced him with struck out. Obviously, Beatty would have hit a home run there or got a base hit, you know, but, you know, Matt Beatty grounds out a lot, you know, uh, who who knows what happens in that situation. And so it's, it's why I don't engage in very much manager second guessing at all because it's a losing battle to know what would have happened. I, I make sure it's a very extreme case like 20, 2019 game five of the NLDS where obviously 
uh, leaving Clayton Kershaw in for the eighth inning was the wrong choice. Uh, but beyond something that extreme, it's like, since you can't ever prove what would have happened, I, I think it's fruitless and pointless to, to second guess like that. Jeff, it's a winning battle. If you second guess a manager, you're always right. So uh, there, there's really no downside to it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, definitely uh, apparently the attitude on Twitter. <laughs> At this point with the Dodgers, we, we've talked about this with their bench. Yoshi Tutsugo is probably the next guy that's closest to maybe not a major league caliber hitter right now. But at this point, everyone else is major league caliber hitter. And take out my bay to you, improve the defense. Next time a spot comes up in the lineup, you're going to have somebody that's a major league hitter coming up. So there's not really too much issue there. Like I said, it worked out. Tutsugo ended up walking. Bellinger ended up singling. They had the chance to win the game. And, you know, realistically, Matt Beatty had been struggling recently. And the home run, last couple days he's had a few hits, but he had been struggling before that. So you just never know. And like I said, it's second guessing on certain things is is fine. But, uh, you know, there's uh, some other things that just probably aren't worth the second guess. But other than that, like I said, the Dodgers offensively didn't do too much, but they were robbed a few times by the Cardinals defense. There was the, the leaping catch by Edmund, the diving catch by Carlson or whoever's in center field, and then O'Neal in left field to end the game. And it was just, like I said, one of those games where it seemed nothing was going to go right for the Dodgers unless they hit the ball over the wall, and Matt Beatty's the only one that did that. And uh, and to be clear on the second guessing, I'm totally fine with second guessing as long as you have the self-awareness and recognize that, uh, you know, nothing is as clear cut as you think it is. You know, I, I know second guessing is one of the fun things about being a sports fan for some people, and I wouldn't want to take that away from anybody. Uh, I just think there's way too much uh, certainty on some people's part that they are absolutely right. And Dave Roberts is absolutely brain dead. John Wiseman had put out a random, crazy how random, he put out a random stat about uh, guys that hit into double plays, and Max Wenchie was second on the list with the number of plate appearances without hitting into double play. Mookie Betts was fifth on that list, and then Mookie Betts, I'm not Mookie Betts, and then Max Wenchie hit into a double play, which is interesting since Max Wenchie, well, I guess not interesting, he hits the ball in the air a lot, and... You know, I don't know, Jeff. Was that did that surprise you at all that Max Muncy was number two on that list? Uh, it it doesn't really because, like you said, he he hits the ball in the air a lot. He he walks a lot, um, so it's not like he has a ton of opportunities to hit in the double plays, and and he's relatively fast. Uh, so I don't I don't even know how many uh, times he's come up in a double play opportunity. I'm actually going to look that up right now. So yeah, uh, yeah, but it's interesting that the Dodgers have two of those guys, and then they have our Pujols, who has hit the most double plays ever. So he actually has more plate appearances than I would have thought uh, in double play opportunities. Um, coming into tonight, he had 45 plate appearances. Is that what the list was, the most plate appearances? Yeah, most plate appearances. Was, he was at like 200 yeah. or something. Like oh, most plate oh, appearances so total without a... Double play. Oh, okay. Most plate appearance on, on the season, yeah, yeah, not yeah. most plate appearances. So, yeah, he's had 45 plate appearances in double play situations coming into the night and hadn't hit into a double play. Uh, but in those 45 plate appearances, he has 12 walks. So that's good. Uh, 12 walks uh, hit by pitch. Uh, and so only 32 at bats and 10 hits in those at bats. And so we're down to 22 opportunities to to hit into a double play so uh yeah he didn't uh yeah i, I guess it's uh it's uh it's like we said he hits a lot of fly balls and uh i guess that's mostly what it boils down to 
All right, one last point, at least I had, if you can bring up something after, is I mentioned on yesterday's show about seeing more of Nate Jones. We got to see more of Nate Jones. He ended up going two innings in relief. I mean, he didn't look great. He's still not missing bats. Uh, a couple of the balls that were hit were actually really hard, but either right at someone or into the shift. Uh, but, you know, Nate Jones, Phil Bickford, both had both have had scoreless appearances in their last two appearances. Do you see anything from those two guys that pique your interest? Uh, yeah, you know, Nate, Nate Jones still scares me a little bit. Like you said on yesterday's episode, he does need to start missing bats, and he did get uh, relatively lucky. Uh, I think he did finally get a strikeout for the first time since his first appearance with the Dodgers, uh, but he, he allowed some really hard-hit balls. Good positioning helped him there. And so I, I think uh, he doesn't scare me necessarily. I, I'm intrigued by him because of his funky delivery. And it so that sort of thing, I could see that being effective. Uh, but, you know, he is going to need to start missing bats for me to be too excited about him, I think. Yeah. Anything on Bickford? Um, you know, Bickford is... I, I think Bickford is a minor league pitcher who is having some success right now, uh, but is likely to probably run into a rough outing here and there. And, uh, you know, not that he... I, I think he could be a solid reliever, uh, but the stuff, maybe maybe he has some deception, but it, it's weird to see people swinging and missing a 92-mile-an-hour fastball in this day and age. Uh, and so I, I don't totally understand why it's happening, and so it's hard for me to feel very confident in it, if that makes sense. Makes sense. And just a quick update on that. Jimmy Nelson was fine through his uh, simulated inning or whatever he threw and should be joining the team this weekend, barring any setbacks. So we got to get him back in the bullpen. David Price started the game uh, through 29 pitches in the first inning, but only gave up the one run, really battled back after giving up some hits and, and kind of struggling with his command early on. Uh, didn't go the three innings that the Dodgers thought they'd get out of him, but he did go two. So hopefully we won't have to see him in a starting row anymore. We can see him later on in the in the game in the bullpen. So, uh, But, yeah, that's all the updates. Did you have anything else about the game specifically, Jeff? Uh, no, I, I think uh, we probably could have just said it was an annoying game and left it at that, but I don't know that our – Locked on overlords would have been thrilled with that episode. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to come back and talk about the Dodgers record and one run gains and if that concerns us. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Have you heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's amazing. It's like Robinhood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. It's a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports, and baseball was just added to the platform, so go check it out. Making money with Sports Trade is simple. Player values rise and fall based on two factors. Stats in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game, and then the good old supply and demand. When you're ready to buy shares, you pick that penny stock and a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you'd like, just like the stock market. Simply go to sportstrade.com and watch the How It Works video and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. And with your winnings, you can get even more winnings if you use Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
think I gave you guys a losing bet yesterday, so I'm not going to give you a bet today. Just know that Bet Online has all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, boxing, whatever it is, even reality TV and stuff like that. They got odds for a bunch of things. Make sure to head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out everything they have, all the sign up bonuses they have, and all the contest information that they have. Join some contests, win some sign up bonuses, whatever you need. Go. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to Bet Online right now and sign up with the promo code LOCKED ON and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus after your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online with the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, Jeff. So the Dodgers lost a one run game last night. That puts them at 7 and 13 on the season. The most one-run losses in the big leagues. But when we looked at the numbers, there may be some reasons to not be concerned. I know you had some other stats on those 7-13 and 13 and how it relates to the rest of the league. Yeah, uh, w- one thing that's notable is during their 5-15 and 15 stretch, they went 2-9 and nine in one-run games. The rest of the year, they're 5-4, and four, which is about what you expect in general. Um you would expect one run games, regardless of the quality of team to, to roughly even out, you know, and, and we see that if you look at, uh, at the whole league winning percentage on in one run games, uh, looks like about, you know, half the league is between 450 and 550 winning percentage. You know, it's just, that's what you expect and that's what it is. And I think as the season goes on, that number is even going to go up more. More teams are going to get much closer to 500 in those games. And so right now, if you look at at the worst winning percentage, the Dodgers have the sixth, sixth worst winning percentage in one-run games. They have a uh, actually going into tonight, it's actually probably the fifth worst now because uh, I'm looking at when they were 7-12, and 12, now they're 7-13. and 13 which means the only teams worse than them in one-run games are the Rangers, the Orioles, the Marlins, and the Diamondbacks. What do those four teams have in common? They are bad teams. You know, the Marlins are the best of those four teams, and they're 24-28 and 28 overall. You know, so the, the Dodgers are down there with the bad teams in one-run games. They're just ahead of the Rockies, another bad team. You know, so the, it it's just... It's a fluke is what it is. And Dave Roberts, after the game last night, somebody asked him about it. And Roberts said, asked what he takes takes from losing 13 games by one run. He said, I take from it that essentially every night we have a good chance to win. And that's really what it boils down to. Those things, you know, when we say that luck evens out, it's not like they're going to uh, go 13 and 7 in their next 21 run games to get up to 500. But chances are they're going to start going more like 10 and 10 in their next 21 run games, which would be an improvement over what they've been doing. And so uh, Dave Roberts is right. I think that what it means is they've had 20, 20 games where they had an excellent chance to win. And unfortunately 13 of those times they didn't do it. Uh, but when you when you factor that in and look at, well, nine of those came when they were really bad overall, you know, it, it's it's going to even out. Yeah, I, for me, it's not necessarily a fluke 100%. You know, in those, 
I would say in that five fifteen stretch, in that two and nine stretch when they were one running games, it was due to you know a little bit of injuries and I guess flukish in that sense if 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 you call it, if you consider injuries fluke and you know Alex Vesia and guys of that nature throwing key innings and DJ Peters and Luke Rayleigh taking key at bats. So in that sense, it should be not as concerning that the Dodgers are like that in one-run games. Obviously, yesterday's game was more of a full strength, but it still was a bullpen game. So there's a lot of different factors. I believe one of the other bullpen games was a one-run game that they lost against the Marlins, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, either way, I think it, it's less flukish, and you can kind of prove it a little bit more in that sense. Obviously, the other thing is that it is a little flukish in the sense that one swing of the bat can change any of those games and they just didn't happen to work out. But I think now they have better bats and better arms in order to combat that. And like I said, it, it would it should probably even now over the course of the next month or two months, however long it takes for them to play that amount of one run games. But with no other injuries and with the all the other guys coming back in the next couple of weeks, that should help out even more. Yeah, and you know, like if we look at last night's game, for example, uh, it kind of supports the a little bit of the flukiness of it because you know if Tom Tommy Edmond is an inch shorter the Dodgers win that game you know or or can jump an inch less high I guess you know whatever whatever Tommy Edmond needs to be if Dylan Car- Carlson doesn't get you know it, it was so, so surprising that he got such a good read on that ball off Gavin Lux's bat since the bat shattered uh, but Carlson got a great read if he doesn't get quite that good a read if O'Neill doesn't get quite that good a read on that other one you know so many things had to go right for the Cardinals to win that game by one run and I think eight times out of ten not all of those things go right for the opponent and and so the Dodgers win that game uh, to on your point you're, you're right there was the Jimmy Nelson bullpen game against the Marlins that the Dodgers lost by one run. That was when Edwin Oceta allowed three unearned runs uh, in the to, yeah. to lose the game. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, on a night-to-night basis, that that point stands. But I just think, at least from the Dodgers-specific sense, you look at the seven and thirteen. It doesn't look that great when you break it down to it. At least for a team like the Dodgers, who theoretically should be maybe better in one-run games. Uh, you know, even if. Stats and the numbers don't necessarily support that theory. I think the Dodgers should be better than a lot of other teams in one-run games uh, just based on the nature of the roster. And then, you know, we, we saw them come back a lot a couple years ago and, and win a bunch of games late or in extra innings or whatever the case is. I think that'll start evening out now that they kind of have their team back together. Yeah, and the other thing is the Dodgers are playing too many one-run games. They're playing more one-run games than they probably should be. This was their 20th. The Cubs had their 21st one-run game today. That that's They're the only team with more than the Dodgers. And if you look at the teams with the fewest one-run games, most of them are either pretty good teams or pretty bad teams, which makes sense. You know, the, the, the Dodgers are too good to be playing this many one-run games. They ought to be uh, winning more of their games by more runs. And, uh, and so, and, and if like, like I was saying, if you look at last night's game, Dodgers very easily could have won that game six to three, in which case it wouldn't be a one run game. So it wouldn't help their one run game stats. And so, you know, I, I guess the, the flip side of that is the Dodgers do have plenty of games that they've won by more than one run. And so maybe that's, maybe they're, uh, maybe they're stealing their own one run records by scoring too many runs sometimes. Yeah, it's true. It kind of goes back to last season when we talked about how the season itself was 
quote-unquote a little boring just because they were winning games so easily and handily and not really having to have the dramatics of a walk-off or laying any comeback or whatever the case may be. They were just straight dominating almost the entire season. Where This season's been a little different. Uh, obviously, injuries have played a part in it, but also just ineffectiveness at, at key times uh, by certain players. But they're seemingly rounding into shape health-wise, so hopefully that means they're going to improve everywhere else. And Maybe play no more one-run games. Let's not play 20 the rest of the year. How about that? That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jeff, anything else before we head out? Uh, I will be at the game tonight uh, celebrating my 44th birthday, which is today. Uh, I will be sitting in Section 43 on field level down in Row D. So uh, come by and say hi to me and uh, bring me a birthday present. Yeah. Or Venmo me a birthday present. Venmo Snydog. Don't take him a beer because he doesn't drink it. I don't drink beer. But you can bring it up to me and reserve it if you yeah, want. Yeah, buy me a birthday <laughs> beer and then take it up to Vince. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, officially not your birthday right now. It's recording, but happy birthday, Jeff. And thank you all for listening. This will conclude today's episode. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at LockedOnDodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text, you can do so at 323-863-5625 or send us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. If you're not already a daily listener, please make sure to bump it up. If it's not five times a week, at least one more time than you're already listening. We are here every Monday through Friday providing you Dodger podcasts and content, and we'd love for you to join in every single day if you can. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Today on the Locked on Today podcast, LeBron James wasn't enough for the Los Angeles Lakers. Are they done? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked on Today podcast. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. D. I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, the team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye!